shouts of the strong, from the lips of all people, this song we raise, Lord, throughout the endless ages, you will be crowned with praises, Lord, most high, exalted in Sovereign of all creation, Lord, most high, be magnified. From the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the heights of the heavens, your name be praised from the hearts of the from the shouts of the strong, from the lips of all people, this song we raise, Lord, throughout the endless ages, you will be crowned with praises, Lord, most high, exalted in You will be crowned with praises, Lord, most high, exalted in every nation, sovereign of all creation, Lord, most high, be magnified. Father, we thank you that you are here this morning. We proclaim your kingdom in this community. Declare your presence in this place. You said you inhabit the praises of your people. So we praise you this morning, Lord, and we know that you're here. We acknowledge that your kingdom is in us. Holy Spirit, that you're in us. So we acknowledge that. We don't have to beg for you to come, Lord. We know you're here. Thank you for that. So, uh, you guys can grab a seat for a second. We're going to do something a little different today. Okay. Ah, let's just start. Let's just start. Okay. So, what I when I was asking God, kind of what the theme of was today, and all I heard was declare. So I'm just going to read from Psalms 29. It says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, um, sherry on like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bears. And in his temple all cry glory. 
The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And in um, Jeremiah, when God spoke to Jeremiah, just, he says, just, I put... Frank, Frank, the offering plate's up here if you're looking for it. So we got it up here. Okay, that's right. So when um, God was talking to Jeremiah, he says, I have put my words in your mouth. So what we've just heard here about the voice of the Lord, he has put that power in our mouth. And he says, and I will watch over my word as it goes forth. I will watch that word. So um, you might want to take it from here then. Promises? Yeah. So um, part, of, part of praise and worship is, is declaring, yeah, declaring God's word. Um, what he says, uh, what he promises us, who he says we are. Um, so we're going to um, just the things take, you're believing for. Yeah, things you're believing for. Um, and we're going we're gonna to do that as, uh, as an act of, of praise and worship this morning. So some of you will be able to just pop off promises of God from Scripture off the top of your head because you, you hang on them all the time. Um, some of us, we not so focused on that all the time. So so there are some sheets around just a, a few of the promises of God. It's like a, I don't know, a list of 40 or something like that. Just, um, But uh, pull out your Bibles if you've got ones that you know. So we're just going to take a couple minutes. Just just ask God to, to remind you of, of his promises for you. And if you've got something that you're, uh, a promise that you're standing on, um, a promise that you're hoping, you're hoping for, you're, you're, You trust, yeah, sorry, a promise that you're trusting God for, for your family, whatever. Um, there's also some uh, cue cards and some pens um, in the pews. Just take and write that down. And we're going to bring it up here and, make, and give it as an offering to God. The offering is that you're putting your trust in God for that promise. And that's a form of, of, of worship. That is a form of worship. So um, if you want to just, we're just going to, Carol and I will just play, play some music in the background. But if you can just... Just go through, just remind yourself of the promises God has for you. Um, and if, if it, maybe it's a new one he's going to bring to your mind today. And so just allow God to speak that into you because we're going to be speaking some of these out. And the power of his voice through our voice breaks things.
everybody have at least one promise of God that... Sorry, you came in a little bit late. Did you get the explanation of what we're doing? Okay. So we're just asking God to remind us of any promises that he's made to us personally or uh, maybe bring a new one up. So there's some sheets with some promises on them. Just, just a scripture or a promise, something he's told you, even a prophetic word, just something that we're hoping for, trusting God for. So we're going to offer that as our, our trust in him for that promise as our form of worship this morning. size paper to write them all down. something so does anybody want to come up this is what we were really hoping for is people want to come up and declare out loud that promise that scripture verse so we got the mic set up for you here anybody wants to come up be a fearless leader steve all right is the mic on you guys keep playing so isaiah 40 31 really spoke out to me because, you know, it doesn't matter who we are. But we all say that there's times in our lives when we get discouraged. Anybody lift up your hand and say we, we get discouraged? There's discouragement, right? And it's easy to, to get weary, right? But those who hope in the Lord, how many need hope? You hope, where's your hope? Your hope is in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So that's my last year. Mine's a little long. I wanted to declare Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a, it's in the thing here. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So I put on my card all of that, plus that every knee in my family would bow down and accept Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. And I also said, Lord, help me to be or to have a deeper and a more intimate walk with you. That's a desire of my heart. And I also prayed for and put down for spiritual blessings and maturity and the fruits and gifts of the Spirit to manifest in this family. Logan, can you turn up the mic? promises that are on this page are really good and unfortunately I don't know the the um, passage scripture by name and number but 25 years ago I went through a really bad divorce and custody wars and the custody wars lasted three or four years before I found this passage that says if you walk in my spirit and and uh, abandon your family and your children it'll all be repaid to you in time I don't know if somebody knows that scripture I didn't say it word for word but I held that promise for many years and now my children they love me so much they've all come back in my life and um, we could never have a closer relationship than I have now if I continued which behavior that amounted to child abuse, fighting the custody war, making the children pawns in the middle. I tried not to do that, so I walked away when they were like seven, well, twelve, seven, and and five, but I thought to myself, and God put it on my heart, that they know what love is, and, and they'll never forget that, and that promise was made true. 20 years later it's just amazing it's just amazing my life now the grace and all the promises offered the prosperity the good health the good husband so just going off of that to every dry situation every situation that's dead I declare Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So, Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for this promise that you've given me. God, and I just declare into every situation that's dry and dead, I prophesy breath enter in. We call forth the tendons and the bones and the flesh and the skin. We call forth those dead situations and those dead things in families, marriages, in this nation, in this community, in this church, and in our own beings to come to life.
I was actually just looking for that scripture. <laughs> the Lord laid that on my heart. So, but uh, the other um, one of the first promises that comes to mind to me is, um, and I received it as a promise. I don't know if it's written as a promise, but uh, but Philippians one six. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it or complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, in our own flesh, in our own strength, we, uh, we can't complete anything. But, uh, but the Lord is faithful, and he, um, and he sticks with us. He doesn't abandon us. He, uh, he completes that work. A few uh, years ago, I had some uh, uh, medical issues upcoming, but I didn't know they were uh, uh, just ahead of me. So six months before it started, I just got this uh, very powerful uh, impression that uh, uh, there was uh, dark days ahead, but uh, the uh, phrase just came to me uh, with it, do not fear, for I am with you and uh, basically saying that my grace is sufficient for you. Well, that's Isaiah 41.10. I didn't know that's where it came from, but that's exact uh, uh, words that came to me. When, and then six months later, uh, they discovered stuff, and uh, I just knew, oh, I've been told way ahead of time that I am protected and blessed, so it was just so encouraging. So anytime anything attacks me, I just remember that the Lord is with me. standing on them, but I know that I've, they've been like some favorites. Um, I don't know the address, but um, I like the translation of this one. It says, cast the whole of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately, and he cares for you watchfully. And that's been a good one. And then there's Joshua 1.9, which is, um, be strong and take courage, be not frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And another one that's kind of spoke a lot to me lately that I put to memory was Matthew 11:28 to 30, which is, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, I know there was one off the sheet. Um, and it, I think it was already said, but I'll go for this one. It's Isaiah 41.10, and I declare, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I declare those, and I'm waiting for them to come about. Anybody else? They're racing for the front now. 
raised into the front. So one of the first promises that the Lord gave to me, and this was 40 years ago when this church was first started, and um, I gave my heart to, I rededicated my life to the Lord at that time when they had a ministry outreach where um, Youngren, Peter Youngren was an evangelist. He still is an evangelist who travels worldwide. And 40 years ago, in Little Vegerville, they called Peter Youngren uh, to a service. They rented the um, St. Mary's gym at that time. There were very few people there, but the anointing of the Lord was upon that man as he preached the word, and I rededicated my life to the Lord. I... Um, that was November the 6th, 1978. And I've been serving the Lord for 40 years. Uh, my family are still, uh, I'm still believing God for the promise that he gave me then that um, you and your household will be saved. I declare that in Jesus' name, that me and my household will be saved. Everyone. Now there's 27 of us in my family and I'm declaring. I'm declaring that before the Lord today. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm declaring before the Lord that me and my household will be saved. I'm declaring also that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. But I'm holding in my hand here as well. In this church over the past 40 years, there's been many traveling evangelists have come. There's been many words spoken over this body of believers. There's been, um, I'm going to start with uh, 1987. Reverend James Watt came, and he was speaking, and he prophesied that Vegerville would be the starting point of revival, first as a tiny flame, and then it would increase and be the source of many other flames, which would expand into a large revival fires. It's now clear in Vegerville that Vegerville would be the starting point in the area in Alberta and in Western Canada. I'm declaring that before the Lord. Do you hear me, saints? Do you hear me? I'm declaring that revival is going to start here. I'm declaring that if you've ever heard the word that this, this church is failing and falling, I'm declaring that that's a lie from the enemy. And I'm declaring in Jesus' name that this church is the revival point for Canada and for Western Canada. I'm declaring that. Do you hear me, saints? Do you hear me? Now, one more thing. Vegerville and area. That the, uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm just reading this kind of for the first time after many, many years, but Vegerville in the area is like an area in front of a large water dam. And we've heard this about a water dam several times. Uh, this came from, on, in 1992, May the 24th, Calamar pastor, Reverend Bruce Taylor. And he prophesied in the morning service that Vegerville in the area is like an area in front of a large water dam. The dam represents various enemy strongholds that are preventing God's kingdom and will to come in. The water behind the dam, which are prayers and petitions of the saints, is accumulating. I'm declaring that the water, dam, the water behind the dam, which is the prayers and the petitions of the saints, is accumulating, building higher and higher, and putting great pressure on the dam. Then one day, the pressure will become so great that the dam will burst 
and cause a tremendous flood to take place that will destroy all the strongholds of the enemy and wash them away. He continued to say, not only will the floodgates open, but the walls will come down also. And you will take the hard path, but you will overcome all the things that are against you. We have taken the hard path in Maple Street Worship Center, but the Lord says all the things that are against you will be torn down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then in, in the days of Billy Smith, which was in 1994, August, um, Tony Abraham from Andrew, Alberta, who was a traveling evangelist as well, he spoke this word over you. The Lord is saying to you that the supernatural that you experienced in the past month of Billy Smith days is for a specific purpose. It was meant to give you an indication of what the Lord would have you do. It was not given for you just to store up as an experience, but rather as an example of what you are soon required to go out and do in my name. There is a great responsibility attached to these past 31 days of blessings when Billy Smith was here back in 1994. You will be required, says the Lord, to obey, go where I send you, and do similar things. We are required here in Maple Street Worship Center to go out and spread the gospel, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to uh, declare captives for the, for the people that are bound. We in Vegreville, in Maple Street Worship Center, are required to fill that mandate which the Lord has given to us. We are. Uh, there's lots more here, but I think that pretty much... Uh, Ah, March the 16th, 1997, Gordon Dyke, a missionary from Malawi. This place, and you have done a lot of things right. However, there is yet something that is left undone. And I don't know what it is. The Lord hasn't told me. But it's something to do with the relationship of the congregation and the community. Pray about it and let the Lord reveal it to you. So we have got a responsibility as a church to go out into the community to win the souls that are lost and dying. We have that responsibility. I'll just say, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into the community. Let's get involved in the community. Let's do what the Lord would have us to do. And I'm going to be just done in a minute. I think there's one more page that I don't want to miss. So I'm going to say like Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that.
was showing her um, in here, what I end up doing was um, placing stickers and underlining various things like that. So it was kind of neat that it was kind of neat that basically that I took this morning. So I was taking an opportunity to go over all the promises, things that um, God has revealed to me over the years. Um, as a person who's been alone, I've had to walk um, a lot of things. I know God is with me. I know my church family is with me, but <laughs> there are things that, that sometimes it's just me and God, and this was one of the things he gave for me. It's in Habakkuk. It's the very last verse in Habakkuk, actually. And it says, The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Thank you, God. If that's all we do for worship, that's totally fine, so keep coming. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to do this morning. You can, Ed. Just, just you, though. You know, I, I want to share something with you I was going to share in the prayer room this morning. I didn't get the chance to do it. Um, but I think it's really important, and it's uh, particular to where we are and who we are in this time. And basically, it comes out of a devotional, and I was reading, and it grabbed my heart, and I thought, yes, Lord, this is so true. And the title of the devotional is Fault Lines. If you remember in this church in the foyer, before we put the new floor in there, uh, when it was all ripped up, there was a big crack in the concrete foundation. And so they filled that up. They did what they could do in the natural, but we also prayed because we saw it as a type of what the devil was trying to do in our body. And that's what he does. That's what he, who he is. He's a separatist at heart, right? And so I want to read this to you and listen to this. It says, I'm just grabbing a couple of sentences out of this it says, misunderstandings and disagreements occur everywhere we find people, and the church is no exception. If we don't handle our differences in a healthy way, they can harden into divisions. That's the devil's goal. But as we seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, we'll find creative solutions as potential problems turn into opportunities for more growth. But here's the... Here's the cherry on the pie, sort of. I think we should put this in our bulletin, Pastor. It says, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. And I think there's a spiritual truth there. And so I declare, Lord, before this people and before you, that we have come together, and it's more than a beginning, and that we have continued to keep together and we ask and help and hope with your help, Lord, that we can work together, as our pastor talked about unity. And I declare that for this church and for this body. And something that Carol said really grabbed my heart, too, because uh, Cheryl and I have been praying, and we sensed the same thing about going out and evangelizing. Pastors preached on it a number of times, actually, over the last six months or so. But we feel that there's a real draw there, and God is wanting us to do that. Because I think we've always said, let's get healthy here first in our body. And that's right. That's a good thing. But you know what? 
the devil could keep throwing fires of distraction at you and you're always dealing with that and never going out and fulfilling his word. It says, preach my word to the people and to the lost. Freely you have received, freely give. And so I declare that before God and this congregation today, that God is our mentor, he's our savior, he's our leader, he's our all in all. And I, and I declare not only his word, I can't physically put that in the basket, but I say it verbally, and I'll put in these promises. And uh, before God, he's faithful and he loves us. And he's a generous God that wants to bless us. scripture that I really love and it's from Isaiah 61 and verse 1 and I want to declare that over you as a people. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because the Lord has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. I declare that over you. Amen. And me too. <laughs> Keep coming. This is powerful because it's coming from you. It's the promises God has spoken to you, and when you speak them out, it doesn't fall to the ground, but we can't keep them in here. We have to speak them out. There's a lot of life in this. My favorite verse is the same one that Susan had uh, about Habakkuk 3.18. And what really speaks has been speaking to me about that verse recently is the very end of it says that we will make spiritual progress on our high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. And we have seen enough trouble in all of our family here. We don't want any more. We don't want to see any more sickness. We don't want to see any divisions. We don't want to see anything like that anymore. God is going to give us spiritual victory over that and suffering. We don't want to see anybody suffering anymore and responsibility. That responsibility is what we have to do, is take that responsibility. And it's so easy sometimes to listen to the enemy and he'll say, oh, you can't do that. Don't volunteer for that because you won't be able to do that. That's a lie. God gives us ability in what we're doing. He wants us to be successful and victorious in how we speak to others, how we minister to others, and many times we have said things to someone that he has put in our minds, and that's ministry out that God is blessing us in. I just have found so much strength and courage in that verse. It says, he will be your victory, your invincible army. 
What is it you have to face? Your invincible army, God, is right behind you. He changes not. He's the one who gave the whole land of Israel to Abraham and his family. He's, he has all ability, all strength, all courage, and it's all just waiting there for us. He's taught us who we are. I am in Jesus, and Jesus is in me. Say that with me. I am in Jesus, and Jesus is in me. I am in Jesus, and he is in me. And he's given us strength and courage and ability. Amen. That was a good scripture, Susan. Thank you. This verse that I'm sharing is also in that paper. But um, quite a number of years ago, I had a dream. And it was just this postcard. And it was God's hand. And he was inscribing chapter and verse. And it's Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. Actually, it starts 1B. And he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor the flame, nor shall the flame scorch you. You are mine. And so when we're going through some of these things, just remember that. So after I woke up, I thought, oh, God, not another one. But just when life hands us lemons, I am the Lord's, and he will not, I will not be burned, and I will not be drowned. probably have been reminding myself encouraging myself with I don't exactly know the address but it says I will fulfill my purpose for you and I keep putting my faith in that when I don't know what to do when I don't where you know when things don't look clear and I just cast that on him and I say you will fulfill your purpose and that trust allows him to lead me into those things two other verses with purpose is there are many plans in a man's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails he doesn't ever let his purpose fall. And then Isaiah 55:11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for what I sent that. And I just declare over the church that the purpose that this was birthed in, it will be fulfilled. When you were talking about the purposes of God, um, 
the Lord had laid that on my heart here for a while, and uh, and and the parable. Um, he gave us the parable of the of the woman and the uh, and the judge, and the judge didn't care about man and didn't care about God, but because of her continual coming, he finally said, um, "I'm going to give you." Now I'm just going to read what she said. First of all, she said, "Give me legal protection from my opponent," and I believe there's other scriptures that say adversary, for an adversary had come against her. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long over them I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly however oh, and then it goes on however will the son of man find faith when he returns but the enemy we have an adversary that is resisting the purpose of God in this body and uh, and what we're doing what we're doing right now we're overcoming the adversary I believe we're coming together we're sharing our hearts we're sharing the promises that God has given us, and when we hold to those, I believe the adversary will come down and the purposes of God for, for this body will be fulfilled. Amen. And Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for accomplishing your purpose in each one of us and for accomplishing your purpose for this body as we walk in obedience to you, as we humble ourselves. And Father, we just confess that, that we've hardened our hearts, we've stiffened our necks against you. Forgive us, Lord, for hardening our hearts. Forgive us for, for rising up against one another rather than humbling ourselves before you. Father, have your way. Soften our hearts. Bring us together as a body of believers that your purposes might be fulfilled through this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a yank down. There you go. I waited patiently for the Lord's help. Then he listened to me and heard my cry. He pulled me out of the dangerous pit and out of the deadly quicksand. He set me on a safely on a rock and made me secure. He taught me to sing a new song, a, a song of praise to our God. How many who see... This will take warning and will put their trust into the Lord. Happy are those who trust the Lord, who do not turn to idols, who join those who worship false good gods. You have done many things for us, O Lord our God. There is no one like you. You have made many wonderful plans for us. I could never speak of them all. Their number is so great. You do not want sacrifices and offerings you do not ask for animals burned whole on an altar or for sacrifices to take away sins 
Instead, you have given me ears to hear you. And so I answered, here I am. Your instructions for me are in the book of the law. How I love to do your will, my God. I keep your teaching in my heart, in my assembly of your people. Lord God, I told, I told the good news that you save us. You know that I will never stop telling it. Psalms 38, 1-9. Can, can you stay there, please? Can you come back? I felt God say that through somebody we wouldn't know he would reply. So can I get you to read that again? I know it's really long. I want you to listen. This is his reply. I waited, like... Read the whole thing. I waited patiently for the Lord's help. Then he listened to me and heard my cry. He pulled me out of the dangerous pit and out of the deadly quicksand and set me on safely on a rock. He made me secure. He taught me how to sing a new song, a song of praise to our God. Many who see this will take warning and put their trust into the Lord. Happy are those who trust the Lord, who do not turn to idols, who join those who worship false gods. You have done many things for us, O Lord, our God. There is no one like you. You have made many wonderful plans for us. I could never speak of them all. Their number is so great. You do not want sacrifices and offerings. You do not ask for animals burned whole on an altar or for sacrifices to take away sins. Instead, you have given me ears to hear you. And so I answered, here I am. Your instructions for me are in the book of law. How I love you and do your will, my God. I keep teaching in my heart. In the assembly of your people, Lord, I told the good news that you save us and you that I will never stop telling it. Thank you very much. For those of you, uh, actually everyone can do this, for those of you who didn't come up and speak, I want to bring your offering up. Um, if everyone just wants to come up to the front as we worship, that would be great. And those of you who haven't put your promise in the offering to come and do so. so and we'll... So I just invite everyone up. your name the mountains shake and crumble at your name the oceans roll and tumble at your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice will people cry out Shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. 
morning breaks in glory at your name creation sings your story at your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice your people cry Shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Amen. We praise you, Lord. We shout your name. We shout your name. We declare the name of Jesus in this place. We declare the name of Yahweh, our Lord. Lord God, we declare your name in this place, in this community in Vegreville. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank we you for your praise your name, Lord. We praise your name. We lift your name. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess.
All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Beautiful Savior, you have brought me Pulled me from the ashes, you have broken every curse. Blessed Redeemer, you're my help in chapter free. Lord, I can't help but sing. are yes and amen all your promises are yes and amen I will rest in your promises my confidence is your faithfulness I will rest in your promises my confidence is your faithfulness I will if I could get Ryan and Carol. I know they're just going right back to their seats. If they could just play that again just for a little bit in the background. I'm just going to take some time. I know um, some of us came in around 10. Some of us kind of um, got in a little bit later. But if we could just take a few moments as they kind of just play in the background just for a few more uh, moments. If we could just take a few moments and just to welcome each other. Can we do that? So I'm just going to say welcome this morning that we can come together 
and uh, hoping we can stay together. And I like what uh, Ed had shared earlier about the working together. We're going to talk a little bit about, touch on that in a little bit. But if we could just take a few moments, get around, just connect, just welcome. If you're here for the first time at Maple Street, welcome. Trust that you sensed uh, God's spirit at work here. Amen. Amen. I know that we received our offering and, and, and a little differently this morning. If you haven't had a chance to, uh, to bring your offering, and uh, you can do that now. So glad to see everybody getting involved. Participation. Praise Jesus for that. 
Good to see Chelsea and the kids here, a couple of the kids. It's been a little while. Great to see people connecting. promises or yes and amen how many how many know that we're, we're talking about the faithfulness of God right how many know people sometimes fail us right but God never fails he never fails his love never fails and so we need to hang on to the promises that the Lord has spoken in his word but also the promises that the Lord has spoken through people because we still know that it's the, that the spirit of God still inspires prophecy, doesn't doesn't he? We see that. We see that. It's taught. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when, when uh, and, and I'm just going to hook onto this for a, for a second here while there's still... Pl- but if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, and that's not my text. I'm not preaching out of Ephesians chapter 5 today, but... If you go to Ephesians chapter 5, you know, it says this in verse, in verse uh, 18. It says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Filled with the Spirit. And a lot of times people have taken that to mean, you know, a walk that's moral and ethical. And I'm not saying that that's not maybe a piece of it. But I will say this, is that if we look at the way Luke used filled with the Spirit, it's always connected with prophetic inspiration. I don't have time to dig into all that. But I will say this, it's interesting that Paul goes on, he says, speak, next verse, speak to one another. Did we do that this morning? Speak to one another. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being submissive to one another in the fear of God. And I think this morning that was so cool that the Lord had led Ryan and Carol to go in this kind of a worship format because we had a chance to see some participation. Who was blessed this morning? I was blessed. I was being ministered to. I heard some mini sermonettes preached from the texts, right? And it just touches your heart. So thank you so much for being led by the Lord to do that. I was incredibly blessed right from the get-go, right even in the prayer room. And uh, how many know that that's what's going to change the atmosphere? That's going to change things is is when we turn our ear to the Lord. We seek what He's saying to us and we hear it but we don't just hear it, we, we walk in it. We obey it, we walk it out. Amen? We walk it out. So I'm so encouraged by that. How many would say you're encouraged already? Amen? You're encouraged already. Thank you so much, Ryan and Carol, for leading us this morning in a very unique way of worship. Loved it, though. Loved it. Loved it. Um, just turning really quickly to your bulletin, not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, 
please take it home and, 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 and go over it. But I just want to mention a, a few things. Um, on, on starting this Tuesday night, so today's Sunday, then it's Monday, then it's Tuesday. And Tuesday at 6.30. Now, there's a reason for the change. You'll notice that somebody took a pen, and they struck out 7 o'clock, and they put in 6.30. Well, that was me. And here's a good reason why. I need to pick my wife up at 8 o'clock from work. So this gives us a little extra wiggle room. And if you can make it uh, on Tuesday nights, and I think it was so awesome that we had this going on in the prayer. We saw more people in praying and saying, you know, we're here to, to, to really stand on the Lord's promises and the prophecies that he's spoken over this church. And we want to see these things come to fruition. And folks, we know that things happen when God's people pray. And so, so if, this is, if, if I can just say that this is a bit of a... a something just to help prime the pump right to help prime the pump just to get us a little bit more uh, in that, in that uh, direction so just you know God does incredible things revival right revival if, if this is going to be listen if the Lord has spoken that this is going to be a place of revival place where there's life coming to the dry bones right then, then we want to oh yeah then, then we want to be a people that is calling out to God and, you know, not only calling out to God, but, of course, acting on what the Lord is telling us to do. So we need to do it in tandem. So just a, a primer, uh, priming the pump starting uh, Tuesday night, 6.30. Also, you'll notice um, it's still in the bulletin about membership forms and, and also on the back, you'll notice it's plan to protect applications as well. We've, we've done that course and those applications are available. Now, I just want to hook onto this just for a moment because Ed brought out something in, in the devotional that was really insightful, and that was about the coming together, staying together, and working together. These two pieces are part of working together. Because I don't know about you, I was incredibly blessed when the very last scripture that was read was written by a young person, and her name is Sophia. And Sophia, you're how old? You're 10. How many was blessed by that? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know about you, but I remember the Sunday when we had, I think it was probably close to 20 uh, children and, and, and youth all together, like in the front. And, and I shared that we want to be a church that is reaching young people. Because there's something about when a young person stands up and they read Scripture. There's something about when a child is filled with the Spirit and they prophesy. There's something about hearing stories of, of young people, kids, about her age, on the front lawn of someone's house praying for another child to get filled with the Spirit. So that blesses me to see young people falling in love with Jesus, wanting to serve him, following him. And grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. But folks, can I also say that we have a calling on, our, uh, on us to, to be those ones that pass the baton. Right? Because, you know, the promises for your children and your children's children, all those who are far off, as many as the Lord will call, Peter talks about on the day of Pentecost. And so we want to be a, a, a church that is caring for the next generation. And part of that, folks, is to create a safe environment for when... Families come in 
and we're reaching them that we can minister to them in a safe environment, let them know that we are a safe place. It's all about protecting them, protecting volunteers, protecting. And, you know, in order to work together, we need to, we need to be able to partnership, right? Partner together. And so it's one thing to come together, stay together. It's another thing to work together. And so we're asking for workers. We're asking for those. Would you prayerfully consider filling out a, an application, getting it on file, going through the process? Because at the end of the day, it's all about getting to where we want to go. And that is to make disciples of Jesus, to reach this community. It's already been shared this morning. Fantastic message, Carol. You couldn't have, I couldn't have said it any better uh, in terms of reaching out. So we want to we reach out to the, to the younger people. And to do that, we need to be sure that we go through our abuse protection. Again, this is all about the working together piece. And how many understand that when we are doing something, that there's a... I remember there's a scripture verse where it talked about how the Lord worked with them. But they were working, and the Lord was working with them as they were obeying his call. So, so just to, th- those few things, uh, the prayer uh, study on uh, Tuesday night, membership forms, partnership, um, and also the plan to protect, uh, because we do want to build a team that is ready to go. We want to go to the next phase and uh, have, a, have a vibrant ministry to ch- children, youth, families, and, and, and continue on that way. But it's all about training them up to be disciples. Amen? Disciples that are powerful in word and in deed. Powerful in word and deed. And that was a powerful word that she brought this morning. So if you get your Bible, just real quick. Um, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And um, I'm going to really try to be expedient as possible. Now many of us know this story. I've simply titled this... Um, Little is much in God's hands. Little is much in it, little is much in God's hands. Now you know this story. Some of you know this story. Some of you might not. But it's uh, it's all it's 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 in the, it's in the Gospels. But John's account, and uh, we're just going to pray that Lord, uh, we just thank you for every person that's here today. We thank you for those as Chelsea who is away for a while because of not being well. We thank you that she's here today. We thank you for everyone else, you know, despite the, the cold temperatures, that we can be together today. And I thank you, Lord, for the worship this morning. It was so powerful and edifying. It's so, so encouraging. And Lord, I, I just, just, I'm just trusting that everybody just drank it in. They just received it deep within their spirits. And so, Lord, I pray that somehow, God, that you will just take this word and that, God, you would bring fruit. You'd, bring, you'd produce fruit. We want, we, want to see, we want to see results. We want to see things happen. We want to see. And so I pray that, God, that this will be a piece of, of encouragement, also a gentle nudge. And we ask, Lord, oh, your, your Holy Spirit would speak. Speak to us, Lord. May there be something that, a nugget of truth that just bursts in our hearts and that, God, that we'll hear your voice. And as we do, you'll show us what it is that you want us to do next, individually and corporately as a body. We ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Amen. Little is much in God's hands. Now, in the first uh, four verses, it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he performed by healing the sick. And then Jesus went up to a mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples, and the Jewish Passover festival was near. And so you'll notice that John begins here saying sometime after this. So there was a number of events that took place preceding the opening of, of chapter 6. You'll notice that uh, in, in, in 5 and 6 that there was, uh, especially in, uh, in uh, Matthew and so on, that there was, a, there was the uh, Sermon on the Mount was preached, and parables and so on. But in this episode here, we, we find that there's this really big crowd that's gathering. And they've been following Jesus for some time. Some think it was several days that they were following Jesus around. And they were listening to him. And they were seeing the power that was at work in him as he was healing and he was driving out demons and so on. And we have to remember that Jesus was not just God and not just anointed of the Spirit in which he operated that way, but he was also fully human. And so there's times when you, in your humanity, you just need a break. Anybody ever find that you can be so busy and you'd be so run down? You just need to get away. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Even God himself after creation took that last day, the seventh day, and said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to rest, and this is an example to you. And so Jesus and his disciples are trying to get away, and they're tired, they need a little rest, but the crowd is still following after them. They're not going to relent, and it's growing. And so here they are on this mountainside, but they're hungry. They're hungry for more of what Jesus has to Offer And what they were looking for was uh, a miracle. And of course, after some time, you'll notice that uh, it's getting late and they're getting hungry. Not just for spiritual food, but for tangible food. And we know the story fairly well, but how many know that you've got yourself a fairly large issue when you have a crowd. Now, they say 5,000 men, but if you counted the women and children, we could probably at least make that 15. That's a big crowd. How many would agree that 15,000 people is pretty big? 5,000 people is big. 10,000. We don't really need to expand the number that much, but there was probably more than 5,000. Again, 5,000 men, but that wasn't counting the women and the children. But how many understand this morning that if you never have a problem or an issue that you're facing in life that you can't solve yourself, then you are never in need of a miracle. You're never in need of a miracle. You're never in need of God's intervention. If you never face something in your life that you can't figure out on your own. Men... Would you agree, guys, that we, we typically, when we see a problem, we like to think that we 
have the solution. Would you guys agree with that? You're sort of the Mr. Fix-its, right? You think, I can take care of it. I can figure it out. But if we're truthful, we would admit that there are times when there is an issue that arises that there is impossible to figure it out. That's when we need a miracle. You'd never know, you'll never know if God can do a miracle if you never have an insurmountable, impossible, incomprehensible need. You'll never need a miracle. And so it's interesting that every miracle begins with a problem. When Elizabeth was in the hospital and she was crying and we heard no sound, we needed a miracle. We needed a miracle. When the bills were piled that high and there was no money to pay them, we needed a miracle. When our friends in Tennessee who were, who were preparing at Lee University to go into full-time ministry, but when she opened the cupboard and there was nothing to feed her child, they had a large problem. They needed a miracle. And you'll never, ever get a miracle if you never face an insurmountable problem. And so in this situation, there is a fairly large issue. There is a large crowd, and they are getting hangry. They are hungry, and they are sitting down, and they are waiting to get something to eat. So the question is, is what are we going to do? And if you go to Mark chapter 6, in verse 35, it says, by, the time, by this time, it was late in the day. Now, this is the time whenever Logan is around, he always comes up to me, whether it's lunchtime. If I walk into the door at noon, it's, Dad, what's for lunch? At about 12.05, 12.10 today, I can see it now. I'm walking into the foyer. I'm gonna, Logan's going to walk. He said, Dad, what's for lunch? It's Subway today, Logan, just to let you know. It's Subway. What's for lunch? What's for lunch? 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 Logans in the crowd wondering what is for lunch today. It's late in the day. And so the disciples come to him, verse 35 in Mark 6. It says, this is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so we can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and they can get them something to eat. Now that's a solution. Just send the crowd away, right? Just ignore the problem. Just stick our heads in the sand. Just sweep it under the carpet. But it's interesting because the problem is is that Jesus knew that the people were tired, the people were weak, the people were hungry, and it was really, because of the time of the day, it was pretty late to travel back home. So no, that's not a good option. Not a good option. So Jesus asked Philip, when Philip looked up, or when Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming to him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So he asked Philip, where are we going to get the bread to feed these people? 
Now, if you were there and you were sizing up the situation, and I, I have what I consider to be a bit of an analytical mind. And so I would probably be looking over the crowd. I would probably pull out my calculator on my iPhone, because I take my iPhone everywhere. And I would probably come to the conclusion that we are going to need an awful lot of money to take care of this issue, and I don't have it. Again, a gigantic problem, and there's not much of a solution right here, at least in terms of human capability. Human capability. So if you don't have a problem, you can never see a miracle. But another issue is this, is that every problem has a solution. Every problem has a solution. There's a story that was told of this fisherman. He was sort of a redneck. And uh, he was fishing without a fishing license, and the game warden caught up with him. And the game warden looked at his bucket, and he happened to know that this guy had some fish in his bucket. And so he wants to, uh, he wants to see his license. He's, can, I, can I see your license to, uh, to catch these fish? He said, I don't need one. He said, these are pet fish. He said, pet fish? What do you mean, pet fish? He said, well, these are the fish that I keep in my bathtub. They're my pets. I keep them at home in the bathtub. And every, every so often, like once a week, I bring them down here to the, the fishing hole, and I put them in the water so they can swim around with their buddies for a while. And then when they're tired of fishing with their buddies for a while, I get them back into the bucket and I take them home and I put them in the bathtub. He said, do you think that I am a fool here? He said, oh, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. He said, okay, well, here, let's, let's go prove it. He said, let's go down to the fishing hole. And he said, and, and you can put the fish in and let them swim around with their buddies and then we'll see about them getting back into your bucket to find out if these are really pet fish. So this is what they do. They go down to the fishing hole. He takes out the bucket. He puts the fish into the water. And they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And some time goes by. And, and finally, the uh, game warden says, uh, so when are the fish going to come back? He said, what fish? Yeah, the... Uh, problem got solved <laughs> the only issue is we, st- we still haven't resolved this issue with Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000 and so you know Philip would probably bring out the report and say there's no way we're going to do it so you got Andrew coming into the picture and Andrew so Andrew's scanning over the crowd and he's wondering maybe you know where, is there anything at all are there is is there is there a couple of, you know is there a couple of a dozen muffins is there a happy meal is there something that we can do to get things started and then of course we know that there's this little boy that comes into the picture and he has a very small lunch five loaves two fish right barley loaves he's poor and these fish and the question is, is how far will they go among so many? How far will they go among so many? 
how far will they go among so many? Have you ever found you in a situation like that and you're looking at what you have and you ask a similar question? How am I going to solve the problem if we only have such, only so much? There's only so much to go around. How am I going to pay my bills if I only have this much money in my account? How are we going to do anything if we only have so much resources? We look at it from a human perspective, don't we? We, look at, we don't look at it from a heavenly perspective. We look at it from an earthly perspective. And in the natural, there's no doubt about it, that that little boy's bagged lunch is only really suitable for a young boy. It's to a man, to a guy who's six foot two, 200 pounds and 16 years old and can eat me under the table, it's not a whole lot. It's just suitable for this young lad. And there's been times when we can look at and analyze the situation and we punch the numbers into our calculator and we say, well, Lord, if we only had more money, Lord, if we only had more people. Lord, if we only had this and we only had that, then we can do this and we can do that. And we end up putting limitations on God based on the resources that we already have. Well, if we had a better this or a better, if we only have, if we only had. Because after all, how far will this go among so many? But we have to remember, as we were reminded this morning, that nothing is impossible with God. Our Lord owns the thousand, or excuse me, owns the, the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it. We're talking about God who with a word spoke the entire universe into existence. The stars, the galaxies into existence at his word. And that's the issue that we always have to keep in mind. Is are we going to look at the issues? Am I going to look at the issues from an earthly perspective? And look at what we already have and look at the limitations. Or are we going to trust in the God of the promises that we declared this morning? Are we going to trust that he truly is faithful to his word? What he has spoken will come to pass because, as we have sang this morning, and I trust we did it with faith, that his promises are yes and amen to those who believe. Faith, right? Faith. See, when we get into a pickle sometimes, we try to find our own solution. So, of course, there was a few solutions here. Send the people away. Send someone to the grocery store. Maybe max out your credit card. I don't know, but... Yeah, what are we going to do here? It's interesting that... These five loaves and two fishes would only feed one person, not really enough to feed a crowd. But in verse 10, 
I want us to go there real quick. Go to verse 10. John 6, verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And again, scholars will say that there's probably more, probably at least women. It could be be a crowd of 15,000. They're not really sure, but 5,000 is enough with what you got in your hand. Go to the next verse, verse 11. I want to stop right there. It says, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated. And that's in the NIV. Now, if you have a, a King James version or a version based off of the King James, there's an interesting thing that is in the text. Very interesting, because it tells us a little more precisely how these were distributed. Because in verse 11, it would read like this. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. It's a pretty important piece right there. And and this is something I don't want us to miss. But we're going to do a little backtracking here for a minute. We're going to do a little backtracking. I want you to think about this for a moment. Where, who do you think prepared that little boy's lunch? His mom. So first, mom's in the kitchen. And she's getting out the bags because she came back from No Frills, right? Or maybe the co-op. I don't know. We go to No Frills a lot. And she pulls out these little loaves from the bakery. There's a bakery there. No, anyway. Maybe it was co-op because they had a little bakery and they had little loaves. And so she gave them the little loaves, right? And maybe she goes and, she, you know, she pulls out of the cupboard. And, 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 and guess what? There's, there's a little can of sardines. And she puts it in his lunch bag and sends them off. So mom had her hands on it first. Then the little boy has his hands on it. And maybe it went through, you know, of course, we know it goes from mom to to the boy. We know that it definitely goes from the boy, and it gets into Jesus' hands. And now you've got something really happening here. It's one thing for your lunch to be made with love and given to you by mom, but it's another thing when you take what you have, even what little that it is, and now you give it to Jesus. But it's interesting that it didn't just stay in Jesus' hands. It wasn't that Jesus, of course, we know that he, he lifted it up. He gave thanks for what there was. Can I make a suggestion this morning that like Jesus giving thanks for what there was in his hand, that we oftentimes need to not think about what we don't have, but we need to praise God for what we do have. And not be thinking, oh Lord, if I only had. If I only had a hundred bucks, I would give it to your work. God's not, listen, God hasn't got a problem getting it to us, it's getting it through us. Because sometimes we become a, we don't become a, a conduit, we become a reservoir. And we end up holding on stuff to our, for ourselves. So, Jesus lifts it up. 
and he prays. And it gets blessed. And now it's charged with something supernatural. And he passes it over, not, I mean, he could have went right through to people in the crowd. Jesus, the disciples could have been on the periphery just kind of watching everything happen. But guess what Jesus does? Jesus says, no, Jesus has his, these disciples, these are his apprentices, they're in training, they've been with them, they've been walking with him, he's been teaching them, he's been modeling things, but now here's a fantastic opportunity for them to get in on the action, to get in on the miracle. And so what does Jesus do? He distributes them to the disciples, and the disciples are now responsible what are you going to do with it, disciples? Are you going to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I, I'm hungry too. Gobble, 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 gobble. How many know they, they could have done that? They could have decided that this is for me. They could have hung on to that. But they didn't do that. Because Jesus was involving his disciples in the miracle. And it's interesting that when he got them involved in the miracle and they began to distribute this food, it just kept multiplying and 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 multiplying. How far will it go among so many? How far will it go among so many. And yet you put it in Jesus' hands and it just multiplies. It doesn't add, it multiplies. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And what we put in Jesus' hands, Jesus multiplies and he extends it so that many, many, many can be filled. See, that's what happens when we partner with Jesus and we give to him our time. And we give to him our energy. And we give to him our breath. But can I remind us this morning that it's not really ours. It's just on loan anyway. Is it not God who breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life? Are we not alive physically because God has kept us alive? Are we not alive spiritually because he has put the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So the only reason that we have resurrection life and we can be in Christ today is because God has placed His Spirit within us. It's just on loan. It's His to begin with. And so if we give of our time, if we give of our talent, if we give of our treasure to borrow the three T's that has oftentimes been spoken of. God multiplies it. But a really cool part is that he didn't just multiply it and feed the crowd. It was interesting that they were able to pull out the saran wrap. You know what saran wrap is for, right? Yeah. Or the Tupperware We put it, we, we use both in our house. And I'm not afraid of leftovers, especially leftover stew. You ever have stew 
left over. It tastes better the next day, doesn't it? So they could pull out the saran wrap. They were able to get out the Tupperware containers because it says that they collected, what was it, 12 baskets full after they had fed everybody. Right? Leftovers. Wow. Wow, leftovers. But they started with so little, and yet they were able to accomplish a whole lot when they partnered with Jesus, Jesus partnering with them. You ever notice that on the human side of things, we all, remember Moses? Remember him? Remember him? God comes knocking on Moses' door because God has a plan. I've heard the cries of the people. And he meets Moses in the burning bush. So that's, it's, it's what scholars would call a theophany. This is the manifested presence of God. The bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. wasn't weird that a bush would be burning. What was weird is it didn't get consumed. That's what caught Moses' attention. And the next thing, a voice comes out to Moses and calling Moses to be an instrument that's going to help deliver the children of Israel out of slavery. But what does Moses say? Are you kidding me? Oh, Lord, I've got four or five excuses for you. And what does God do? God counters every excuse. Uh, yeah, but I'm really slow of speech. I kind of, you know, I don't put my words together that well, and I have a bit of a stammering problem. He, got a, he had a solution for that. Well, who am I going to tell him sent me? Well, I am that I am sent you. Well, how am I going to get the people to believe me? Well, guess what? You know, stick, your, stick your hand in there. Let's take your staff and see what happens with that. You see, Moses' Moses's perception of himself wasn't much. But it's amazing that God raised him up to be a fantastic prophet. Highly revered and respected. Remember, Gideon wasn't much in his own sight. And they also asked the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And the disciples, their question was, are you serious? We're going to use what's in this bag? Really? Yeah. Because I've discovered over and over and over again, if we track through Scripture, you'll discover that God delights in taking that which is weak and using it for His glory to confound the wise. And do you know why? Do you know why? Because Paul said, See, Paul could have came into the Corinthian church and Paul could have had fancy words and Paul... Because, I mean, Paul basically was a doctor of philosophy in Old Testament. And he was trained in terms of rhetoric and arguments. And you read Paul, he reads like a lawyer, right? But when he came to the Corinthians, he said, I came to you in fear and trembling. And he said, I came to you not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might rest not on man's wisdom, but on the power of God. God delights in using that which is weak 
Because why? He gets the credit. Amen? He gets the credit. He gets the credit. So here was Moses, and Moses had all of his issues, all of his hang-ups, all of his excuses. But God doesn't stand for the excuses. You know why? Because he, under, he, because he understands that when it's just you and God, you've got a majority every single time. Gideon, as an example, he's the least of his tribe in the least of the tribes. <laughs> that means, Gideon, you're a great candidate. Mm-hmm. You're a great candidate. You might say, well, pastor, I don't have a whole lot to offer. Well, guess what? You're a great candidate. Our church isn't that big. Guess what? It's a great candidate. It's a great candidate. We're not Millwood's Assembly. Hmm. We're a great candidate. Because it's not so much about who we are as it is what God can do through you. It's what God can do through you. It's what God can do through you. He can, he can take something so small and he can multiply it to meet the needs. So can I ask this question this morning with that in mind? And as we've reflected on the promises of God, and as we've declared these promises this morning, as we stand and I ask Ryan and Carol to come back to the instruments, and as we stand together, Can I ask this question? We talked about coming together, staying together, and working together. That was a part piece that Ed brought earlier. But can I ask this question this morning? As God asked Moses, what's in your hand? Some of us might say, well, not a whole lot, Lord. I only got about what that little boy had. You're a good candidate. But can I just make this suggestion this morning? That just as the lunch had to pass from mom's hands to the boy's hands, and from the boy's hands to Jesus' hands, and from Jesus' hands to the disciples' hands, that was the only way it could get to the crowd. Can we put ourselves in the place of the boy this morning? And put our place self in the place of the disciples. Because the Bible tells us that every person here, every person, every Christian, has been given the manifestation of the Spirit. Every single Christian here has something. Can I tell you this this morning that if you were if if someone shared the gospel with you and you are saved, you've got a testimony. If you've got a Bible and verses that you know that has changed your life, you've got the Word of God on your side. If the Lord has done a miracle in your life, you've got something to give. You've got something to share. If you can pray, if you can sow into the kingdom of God, you have something to offer. And if you've got an apple pie, 44105050 Street, God, I know will bless you for it. But can I challenge all of us, including myself, that it doesn't matter what little you have when you put it 
in his hands, little is much. Little is much. Little is much. He'll multiply it to meet the need. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that's possible? We have stood on God's promises because they're yes and amen to, to those who believe. And I want to ask the question this morning, and if this is you and you want to raise your hand, how many here would say, I got a little something God's given me? Would you agree with that? There is something that God has given me. He's given you a testimony. He's given you the gospel. He's given you spiritual gifts. He's blessed you with finances. He, maybe he's given you some time, maybe some natural talents that he augments. But whatever that it is, can you imagine? Could you imagine for a moment if we had a container up here? And we could tangibly show what we have. And we began to put it into the container. How many understand that it wouldn't be just your thing? It would be everybody else's thing that God has blessed you with, all working together. Amen? Some of you are bold. Some of you are a little little shy. But that's okay. Some of you have a lot of faith. Some of you have been gifted with the gift of prophecy. Some Some of you our gift of teaching. But whatever that it is, when you, when you put it all together, it becomes a powerful force. So this morning, with our head bowed and our eyes closed, and as we just reflect on this this morning, what is it that the Lord is calling you to place in His hands today? What's in your brown bag? What's in your brown bag? Now that you've identified what's in your brown bag, I want us to do something physical this morning. I want you to pick up this brown bag that you have here in your hand. Can you see my brown bag? You can't see it. But neither can you see a spiritual gift until it's activated, right? So whatever you got in your brown bag, could I challenge us this morning that whatever it is, could we just pass it over and put it in the master's hands? Could we just tangibly say, Lord Jesus, I'm not hanging on this for myself any longer. I'm passing this to you. Because I know that in your hands, you will empower it. You will charge it with supernatural power. And it can be multiplied. And that when you pass it to me, my job now is to distribute, be a distributor. Not a hoarder, but a distributor. Because, folks, that's how we touch the world around us. Father God, we thank you this morning for the promises that have been declared.
prophecies in the verses that have been written, your word being offered to you. And Lord, my prayer is that Holy Spirit, as you are speaking to hearts today, that we'll also make another offering. And that offering will be committing what you have given us in our quote-unquote brown bag and we'll put it into your hands to be multiplied so that we can then, you can then give it back to us to distribute to those who are in great need. Those who, oh folks, if I can just share a, just a small, a small thing here. I was putting my block heater cable, my block heater cord in my trunk when I heard voices coming from a house nearby. And as I heard the voices in conflict, I heard the voice of a young person, probably 10, maybe 12 years old, somewhere in that range, just yell out that I wasn't meant to be here. I was a mistake. And I don't think it settled very well with me because I realized that if they only knew, if that young person only knew whom God has created them to be, if they only knew, if someone could open the pages of Holy Writ and say, no, you were made for a purpose. You were fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image and he wants you to know him. And by knowing him and being in him, you have an identity and no longer an identity crisis. We all have the word of God. And I've heard we're at the butterfly effect. It was the Seventh-day Adventist pastor who had young people come to a meeting about mental health and when asked, has anyone here contemplated suicide recently there was four people that I know of I think it was four people young people that lifted their hands saying I was contemplating taking my own life so Lord with our hands raised this morning in worship and in surrender and in offering we come to you Father today lifting up our brown bags and Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that God, that we would, we would entrust, we would place these things into your hands and that God, that you would charge them with supernatural power. You'd give them to us to, to distribute, to give away. Because that's what you've called us to do. You haven't called us just to enjoy the blessings, but to be a blessing. And so in the name of Jesus, we pray that today will mark a very important turning point, a very important pivotal event where we declare that the prophecies that have been spoken over this church will come to pass. And that, God, we see that over and over that you have given the responsibility to partner with you 
to see this fulfilled. And so in the name of Jesus, we commit to you what's in our brown bags. Believing that God, that you're going to bless it and you're going to multiply it over and over and over again so that we can see Vegreville touched by the power and the glory of God. That the kingdom of God that is within us will be realized in the lives of many others. Do you think that's a good prayer to pray this morning? Do you think that's a good declaration to make this morning? If you do, could you just say amen all over this house? Could we say amen? Amen. Amen. And we serve a God who's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. His promises are yes and amen. Could you lead us in that song? His promises are yes and amen to those who believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we leave this place here today believing that and walking that out in faith? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap. Stephen will lead you. 
I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. I just have a real quick announcement. Um, I was, I have a, don't have a brown bag, but I do have a yellow bag here. And I was just made aware of a, of a need. And I don't think I'd be at liberty to say what, who it is or what the exact need is, but there is a need. And, um, and so that with that said, um, this bag is available. We're just asking if you would be able to make a, an extra donation, not, not it's not to the church, it's, it's to help someone out. Um, and if you if you have a dollar, two, five, whatever, uh, I know whatever the Lord lays on your heart to to assist with this particular need, that God will, will bless you uh, for it because we want to be a blessing. And so again, it's a special uh, need. Again, not I don't think I'd be at liberty to, to say exactly what it is, but uh, um, if the Lord lays it on your heart to to give, uh, we'd like to hopefully be able to bless in some measure uh, the folks that uh, are in need. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Really encouraged by your presence here this morning.